0: What's going on here? Former Patriot, Super Bowl 51 champ Juno Grissom here. Uh, You're listening to Boston's Big Three presented by Ride the Wave Media. This is Big Three, episode 63, presented by uh, Pete's Pop, Mass Vintage, all, the, all of our sponsors, Eggo Waffles, Kraft Mac and Cheese, the whole list, everybody's hopping on today's uh, sponsorship. Uh, we haven't really recorded that together in a while. I know our last two episodes, we had Billy Wise, and then I think before that was Kyle Draper, but uh, sports seem to be on the way back. Mob officially back today. Oh wait, let me introduce. Uh, we have myself, Babs, Joe Stafford, and Graham from Ride the Wave Media. Uh, what's up, man? First time. Yeah, what's on. going on,
1: guys? Yeah.
0: So we have an interview coming up with Doc Emrick with Graham. Gonna plug that in the middle of it, and then. Uh, but anyways, Mob is back. Brandon unfortunately cannot be on the show today, so we're gonna have to have him give his take right here.
2: Thank you, Tyler. As they were saying, baseball is officially back. Players, the the union, Rob Manfred, officially instated a 60-game MLB season that's going to be happening uh, at the end of June. So players are going to start reporting to their camps, which are going to be in their local cities, wherever they play. If they're like Phillies, everyone's going to be reporting to the Philadelphia Phillies facility in Philadelphia. They're not going to be going to their spring training facilities in Arizona or Florida. So basically we're going to have spring training two in each ballpark across the uh, United States and in Toronto. So it is going to be very interesting to see what this looks like when players are reporting, what player? What what, what happens when players get COVID. Um, reports came out today that one of the Red Sox players, someone on the 40-man roster, did end up getting Corona. And we don't know who it is, but uh, the President Baseball Ops guy, Haim Bloom, says that someone on the 40-man roster got it, so it's something to be watching out, something to, to keep an eye on in the Red Sox camp. But... Really interesting things happening for, for, during this 60-game MLB season is that there's going to be a universal designated hitter. So that means games played in a National League park, um, they're not going to have a pitcher hitting for the first time in, like, ever. So they're going to be having a designated hitter. So it's going to be unique to see how teams like the Dodgers that are favored to win the the National League, what they're able to do with a designated hitter in this, these situations when it comes um, to them playing basically just playing with a new player on their team, playing with a guy that they normally wouldn't have had Had the season played out the way it was supposed to with 162 games, so it is it is very interesting what's going to be going down. So teams are going to be playing not their their schedule like not their original schedules obviously because it's only 60 games, but there will be cross divisional play from what I understand. So it's going to be like the Orioles, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Rays, and the Jays are going to be playing each other most of the season. Uh, Most teams in the local areas it'll they don't they want to minimize minimize something like that traveling across you're not going to see teams from the east coast going to play teams on the west coast it's just not going to happen because the mlb wants to minimize the risk of players getting exposed and there's not going to be a bubble system like the nba has so it's players are probably more likely to get uh, covid corona whatever you want to call it during this 60 game season that does take place so uh, thank you, Tyler, for letting me get my piece in. Baseball is happening. Babs is going to tell you, because I, I know the future, so Babs is going to tell you that baseball is not going to happen. Baseball is 100% going to happen whether you like it or not. These old white guys are going to get paid. They're... And in another in One more final thought, another interesting thing. Report came out today that there is potential to have fans at some of these games, especially in Boston, uh, as Phase 4 of the, the governor's, like, reopening plan goes into effect slowly through the next few weeks and in the next few months there is potential to have fans so be on the lookout you could be one of like the lucky hundred fans that gets into Fenway Park if you want to go watch baseball in 2020 one of the E- will easily go down for sports as one of the most historic years ever because of the shortened seasons due to this virus. But it is definitely a lot to look forward to. So, sports are coming back. That's what the- this podcast is all about. Sports are coming back. Baseball is officially coming back. And uh, yeah, thanks, Tyler. Back to you guys.
0: All right. And that was our baseball guy, Brandon. Didn't make it, but hey, uh, he got his two cents in. It's all that matters here. But what are your guys' I- thoughts? 60 game MLB season. Whether this even happens or not, I think it's going to be a 60-minute MLB season. This thing is wrapped.
3: It's not happening at all. I mean, baseball has embarrassed themselves over and over again since the Astro scandal came out. And they just can't cle- like clear their name at all, the, baseball itself. It's just a bunch of greedy, old white people fighting over money, fighting with their players. It, it's absolutely asinine what they're doing. And this was the time, and we've said this time and time again on other, on other shows, this is the time where baseball should be tinkering with things. Baseball could be tinkering with maybe shorter innings like seven inning games or speeding the game up or trying new things out there for the game so they can adapt it to next year. Baseball was in the toughest spot because all this COVID stuff happened right as spring training was, about, was, was starting. Baseball should have just canceled the season. They should have wrapped it up. Let's figure this out for next year. We can. We have that gives them a whole year to get themselves back out there. Instead, they've been dragging their feet, embarrassing themselves time and time again. And then, not even anything to do with COVID, the whole Yankee scandal that came out that they were involved in <laughs> sign stealing as well too. It's just embarrassing that the MLB covered it. It's just embarrassing. It's completely embarrassing to beat baseball. And again, they're trying to do this whole 60 game, 45 game, 70 game, 80 game, whatever they can do. It's almost the 4th of July and the 4th of July in July in general is the middle of baseball season. And you can't have a baseball season go past October. There's no way around it. A shortened baseball season on, you know, to a fan is interesting because every game counts. And I heard big Jim Murray talk about this. Imagine going through a five-game skid, losing five games in a row. That's the equivalent of losing 15 games in a row in a regular 182-game season or whatever, 162-game season. That's interesting to me. But baseball, you're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing the sport. And just a tidbit, look at what NASCAR is doing. If you, and we talked about the four big sports out there, and maybe UFC can slide into five, I, I'm starting to think NASCAR actually has their shit together, and that NASCAR and they are a very popular sport in the South. NASCAR could end up overtaking baseball.
0: That's what I was stuff. literally about to say. That yeah, what I was say. NASCAR is cooking now. A, they took the they took the uh, social justice stance that I don't know, the majority of their their stereotyped demographic is against the whole, like, Oh, down South NASCAR, like that type of stuff. Uh, they, they went against that. They said like black lives matter. You obviously had the bubble Wallace incident this weekend. You had all of the NASCAR community, literally every single driver, every single pit crew, every single garage member, every single, everything to do with NASCAR said, Hey, whoever did this in NASCAR, go kick rocks. They're doing what MOB should have done. They're becoming a premier sport in a sport that, uh, when a time when no sports were on. Uh, MLB could have done this because it's not like in every sport, how you're on basketball you're on football, you're confined to this, such a small field with a ton of players on it. Yeah. There's 18 No, there's really what 10 players on a field at once. They're all spread out. There's obviously going to be close interactions. Everyone's touching the same baseball and everything, but this was your chance to save baseball, to, to make people care about your sport again. When everyone complains about, Oh, no one cares about baseball anymore. This was your chance. You fumbled the bag because you, you, this is what should have happened. Owners should have just taken and eaten this, like, loss. What are you going to do, make billions next year? You can't afford your yacht trip this year? My bad. Sorry. Well, no,
4: I've I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The MLB did this. In response to what the NBA has become the past couple of years, the NBA has become a player-run league. The owners lost almost all of their power, and now there's a, a power stance going on in the MLB with the same thing. The owners don't want to lose the power that the NBA owners did, and they wanted to split the union with their first dozen uh, contract proposals to get the season back underway. They offered prorated pay for the lower-salary players, like the no, like the ninth guy in the, in the order. They offered him his amount of pay. Then they offered Mike Trout twenty-seven million less than he's supposed to make. They tried to split the union down the middle and try to shift that. That well, really, the MLB's is, union is the strongest in professional sports. They're a very united, united front, and the owners really just took a swing and missed. And it, it was embarrassing to see unintended. and, and uh, unintended, I guess. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like you said. I don't think NASCAR surpasses baseball. I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago. UFC is definitely going to surpass baseball in the next 10 to 15 years. Minutes. Nine and years. and, and <laughs> back to what Bass <laughs> beforehand, and we talked about it earlier. Tinkering with the game, I mean, a pitch clock would have been the perfect opportunity to try that out uh, this upcoming season if they had canceled it. As soon as baseball allowed batters to step out of the box to stop guys like uh, Martinez from throwing in, in continuation, like that's when they lost it. And they've been going downhill ever since. And it's been a mess.
1: Well, the thing is, like, it- I, you know, I'm obviously new right away. So I'm people don't know a whole lot about me, but I'm from the South. I'm from North Carolina. And I have worked with one of the teams in the Atlantic baseball league, which is a new like independent minor league team or minor league system. And there's a team in high point, which is pretty close to me. And that league is testing out a bunch of stuff, including the robotic umpires. They've, they're one of the, they're the league that's in partnership with the MLB robotic umpires. Another thing that could have been implemented in a shorter season for the MLB along with those kinds of things. And you know being in the south like you guys said nascar is blown up down here like people that don't even pay attention to racing normally they're you know they're getting into it because this was on tv like you can watch live nascar and i would rather like i would rather sit on the toilet for three hours than watch cars turn left continuously but you know it's what it's come to at this point and so yeah i think
0: the thing that's helped uh, them. It, the thing that's helped NASCAR especially, say what you want about the company, but like the bar's bump, it's a real thing. People, people like the whole Robin Hood stock investing thing. People like they have such a following because they know how to market content. MLB doesn't know how to market content. They, they don't know anything about marketing because they don't know how to just say, hey, watch our game. Uh, the fact like we, we can stick with NASCAR, but if you go to MLB, you had something like this in 1994. Players go out on strike. Uh, they come back. What's, what's going to be the future in baseball? Then you have the, the whole juicing era, the whole steroids. That's not going to happen. So what's your plan B from when baseball comes back? Because nobody's going to care about it after taking two seasons off and watching it, really.
3: I, I want to go on your barstool uh, aspect, also stick with NASCAR here. Barstool attracts high school to 35 year old Like that's just what they have. These are the most important people to attract because they're the ones who are gonna watch. They're the ones who are gonna tweet. They're the ones who are gonna go on Instagram and post have and their give you podcast, that social media. So. The bar stool bump is real and they made it in prez again. Does it again? Made a good choice to associate itself with NASCAR. What's great about NASCAR, like the Confederate flag situation? They're quick to squash this. They're quick to answer it. They're quick to do the right thing. The bubble wall situation with the noose, and it, it's absolutely crazy. Someone will do that, and we do know that racism's here. And it's funny because you saw, it, and probably ironic, that everyone was pushing his car and following bubble walls. Someone in that crowd did that noose thing, yeah. and they're just falling around. But the timing's strange a little bit too, how that happens the next day, you know, it all it all works out. But NASCAR is coming together. And they're putting themselves literally on the map. But the other big four sports right now, it's a pissing contest right now. It's a race to see who can be the first sport back, the first sport that can come back in the top four professionals and say, we did it first. We already had UFC do something. I was going to say, it's a
0: race with those four. But meanwhile, these other people are already doing doing it.
3: UFC is already
0: doing it. NASCAR is already doing it. Golf, already doing it uh also Korean no. baseball already doing it right like but yeah. all these sports are being beaten because they have so much care obviously you want to care about money when you run an industry but when you want to be a product on tv and the whole race is who can come first none of you are coming to first you're coming in sixth seventh eighth
4: oh, i understand yeah. that. at the same time golf and nascar are much easier to implement during this time yeah. than yeah. basketball or baseball like we've already seen how M- nba players like trevor reese aren't going to Orlando because mm-hmm. they don't want to be apart from their family. Like he has a custody battle with his son and his uh, ex-wife going out or something like that. And they don't want to risk uh, further injury or, or anything else like that. So
1: and David Bertons, Yeah.
4: Yeah. And you look at baseball even too, like they haven't even discussed that bubble option. They don't have a plan for that yet. Like that's going to be like a long time coming to try to figure out like how that actually works. I mean, it's a mess right now for that entire organization. Um, it, but for basketball specifically, like, is the bubble thing going to work? Like, I really don't think it's going to work because eventually they're going to want to see their families. Eventually they'll sneak somebody in some in the hotel. will get Corona at some point, And then it's going to be a, a media blitz to see what happens after that.
1: Yeah. We talked about that on the most recent new guys podcast episode, just, you know, if it was going to be even effective, how many people would want to come do it. And we've seen like already two or three players say that they weren't about it in the last week or so since we recorded that. And it's, it's only going to get worse from there. And I remember we were there was a press conference that happened, like it was a phone call with Silver and a bunch of the league stars talking about like how a restart would work. And I remember seeing a quote from Silver that said that players are going to have to get comfortable with other players like testing positive. And it would be so tough if a team like imagine it's like Game Seven of the Finals and we're in October, and then boom, LeBron gets the COVID. Boom! Giannis gets COVID. Like it would, it would change everything so drastically. Like it's, it's just so unpredictable, and there's so many different things that you know. Every day, there's something that you think about that you haven't considered before, and it could completely change the, uh, you know, the landscape of the entire situation.
3: And then tying that into the NFL, they're just chalking up like it's the injury report oh, your player got COVID, they're out for two weeks. And like you said, that changes everything. Where if Tom Brady gets COVID, then all of a sudden he's out for two weeks and who's who's even their backup? I don't know who their backup is, but they're going to take over. They're even saying things that the quarterback position is so valuable now, especially with COVID. Is that these quarterbacks might not even be able to practice with each other? They have to keep them very far away. Because imagine all three quarterbacks end up testing positive for COVID. (laughs) What are you gonna? You can't do the Julian Edelman, you know, situation and throw him out there. Not every team has that. Again, these are four, the top four sports in America. They have everything to lose and nothing to gain through COVID and they're showing it all four of them these other sports golf UFC soccer horse WWE, racing, those two. soccer yeah. they got everything to gain and nothing to lose because if they do something wrong no one gives a shit about it but if they do something right it's obviously gonna get noticed
5: my
0: the, thing is at at no matter time. where you play you're playing in a petri dish you're playing in a coronavirus petri dish to see who's gonna get what first how is it gonna spread? Like, Obviously, I think everybody knows Corona's not going anywhere for a couple of years, probably. Will we adapt? Obviously, because that's just what happens. Will it be a vaccine? Who knows? Will will there be another spike? Another wave will be the third wave, a fourth wave, a fifth wave. Who knows? But like, I think the whole thing is you can't stay inside forever. You can't hide from this forever. However, I don't think you can. I don't like force these athletes, I guess, to play. Like I see people get mad. Uh, for example, Davis Bertans, the uh, guy on the Wizards, sharpshooter. Celtics are going after him this uh, trade trade deadline, and he doesn't want to play because he has a free agency coming up for a life-changing contract. And then there's people who be like, why why is he sitting out, blah, blah, blah. A bunch of Wizards fans to say that who aren't even going to make the playoffs. I don't know why they're there in the first place. So obviously, like Boogie Cousins, he's not even on a team, and he's,
3: he might be coming back, but then there's been – there's literally J- reports flip-flopping all day. Jason Tatum, too, how he was trying to look for insurance policy because he's somebody that wants to make sure that, hey, if I go down there, fuck corona. Yeah. I don't want to hurt myself. That's I what I was just about ACL. to say. I was just about to say, I think
0: Jason Tatum going to be wary about this because he was wary about it uh, with his son and his mom during the whole corona thing. He was just being like, extra cautious, which he said in interviews – but also, Woj had a tweet today saying the NBA and NBA PA. Let me pull up exactly. Um... While
4: I was looking, though, like oh, it's it interesting to see how these players are adapting to the mindset of I don't want to hurt my knee or like my body as opposed to the pandemic going on. Because I think a lot of people are kind of easing the brakes up when it comes to these social distancing guidelines and how severe they look at the disease. And when you have these bubbles being set up, these players are going to get sick of it within two, three weeks. They're going to be like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I'd be bored. Oh, we have 2K in the shot line. Seriously, yeah. there's going to be something coming we, up. We get, oh. we get
0: DJs and, and video games <laughs> and singles ping pong, but no doubles. Yeah. So here, here's the thing. It goes, NBA and NBAPA have agreed to put in place an enhanced insurance plan for players in Orlando that would cover career-ending injuries related to COVID-19 or conventional basketball injuries. Uh, it would cover players for several millions of dollars. So if you get hurt, if, if, you, if you're going to have a career-ending injury or something like that, this is the week to have it. Um, Unless you're going to get a bag. No matter what. But I don't know. I, it feels like everyone's just kind of covering all bases, covering – making sure every single plan is set in place so you know what to do, but nobody knows what to do. So it's going to happen.
4: But at the same time, like eventually this will sink in when a guy like Damian Lillard, who's already on record saying he doesn't want to do this. When he officially says, I'm not going to Orlando, stuff will hit the fan. Like shit will hit the fan to the point where we're going to see like. And everybody's going
0: to start Kyrie's basketball league. (laughs) And you <laughs> can, we, can, we, all right, can we just like agree
4: to vote Kyrie out of the country at this point like this dude's just like a moron like, I don't really, like
0: Kyrie again I'm not going to oh lie oh
4: my god dude like, he's the most annoying human being on the planet
0: I don't know there's a lot of way more annoying athletes than Kyrie Irving I think Kyrie he just like Wait, I, I genuinely like I genuinely, genuinely 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 do feel bad for Kyrie Irving because no matter what he says or does it's going to just get thrown everywhere he didn't even say anything and then someone just, uh, he, he said one thing um in the the zoom meeting with all the players you know why because he's the nba pa vice president it is his job to speak for the players so when he's like hey maybe we shouldn't play everyone's like oh Kyrie, blah blah blah, you're, you're an athlete why are you why are you he's speaking for the players and then the fact that he had a text that got leaked that that's that's just terrible terrible like luck timing whatever you want to call it if you can't trust your teammates if you can't trust your guys that you're going to send it into a group text like i think he like he could just be sending random takes off. Like, say I sent five texts, only one of them are true, and three of them made it to the media. There's going to be a rat. There's going to be a leak. So, so no matter what, he's always going to be looking like the bad guy. Uh, obviously, he wasn't the best fit in Boston. Like, he, you have your opinions on him. But ever since he left Boston, I'm like, dude, he, no matter what, he's just going to get dragged through the mud.
4: Okay, Tyler, a serious I, I, question. Name a more annoying athlete than Kyrie Irving.
0: Antonio Brown. Easiest answer of all time. No, but
4: he's more entertaining at that point. Like I, <laughs> like, I think it's entertainment versus being annoyed. Like, are you more annoyed that Antonio Brown got arrested or are you more annoyed that Kyrie Irving won't shut up?
0: Kyrie, because the whole thing about this is nobody, nobody like wants to sit down and listen. And, and whenever Kyrie says anything, nobody ever listens to his point. They all just be like, Kyrie, oh, he's back out in the media. But if you actually like understand his point, like obviously the flat earth thing, dumb. Like he, he just did that. It was a joke that people took way too serious and he started playing along with it, and then everyone kind of labeled him as this. Uh, the teammates can't call out your teammates, but like I think you can call out your teammates when they're starting to leak your text messages and everything into the groups. I think he's not misunderstood. I just think that no matter what he says, he's gonna be framed as a bad guy. And people forget through all of this he's an unbelievable basketball player maybe he's not a winner for the celtics but that doesn't change the fact that he's an nba champion he's hit probably the most clutch shot in nba uh, finals history uh he literally he just his best handles in the entire league he's an entertaining player to watch if we're looking for entertainment not and then leader. he just deal with he's not an entertaining <laughs> basketball player to not watch. a leader nope <laughs> that doesn't mean he's not entertaining so J.R. smith J.R. smith is an entertaining player he's not a leader and kyrie is substantially better than him jr smith's a meme dude like what are you talking about
1: Kyrie's like the player equivalent of Levar Ball. Like that's what I liken him to. Cause yeah, like I love it, Levar
5: Ball.
1: It, yeah, he's it, it, just he's just some he's a spectacle is what he is at this point. Even though he's good at his job, he's such a great basketball player. But I follow him more for the stuff that he says and the things that he does than what he does on the court.
3: He's just marketing himself, and that's all it is. Exactly. I mean, he's just saying things and spews them out there like his name's the Spike King or something. Just says things to try to stay relevant. <laughs> it's a, it's for the brand, baby. I mean, Kyrie Irving, in my mind, is never going to win another NBA championship in his in his career. A- and he never did that himself, by the way. It was LeBron James who won him an NBA championship. I mean, you could also argue I think- that LeBron never did it himself
2: either. Though. Okay, no, but LeBron we got to remember LeBron that he's got KD it with on, him hold now. Hold
3: on,
0: hold on, hold on. You can't say LeBron did it himself, and we can't say Kyrie did it himself. LeBron... That D-Wade, Chris Bosh, and the best, one of the best role-player bench in the entire NBA history in the Miami Heat. That Miami team was deep. And then he goes to Cleveland. That Cleveland, you could Cavaliers, argue.
3: That, that Cleveland Cavaliers, yeah. He, he won it himself pretty much. That down three-one in that series. Okay. He was the one that pulled him out. Okay.
0: That, oh, no, no. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. If you go back and you want to look at Kyrie's stats, Kyrie and LeBron's stats are almost identical. He also had Kevin Love, who without Kevin Love locking up Steph Curry the entire game seven and more in particularly the last play of the game when he was on him closer than Corona, it was ever on somebody like ever so far right now that shot. Who this knows is, if it goes in,
3: this but is irrelevant because any NBA champion could have never won it without the other players around them. That's this is why an individual it's team sport. No, because uh, I, if, except if, if except for LeBron, Bill Walton
1: and the trailblazers or if except, LeBron, except for him
3: or if LeBron beat the Spurs
0: in 07, instead of yeah. getting swept, you could say he won by himself. But the fact that these, Like, every single time LeBron's won a title, he's had multiple all-stars on the team with him. It's not like they were just a bunch of scrubs. You know, you had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love who both were in the all-star game. Kyrie started with you. And
4: the
3: whole big three lost it. My whole point of this is that Kyrie Irving wasn't the guy. It was LeBron James was the guy. Kyrie is now supposed to be The guy. That's why he came to Boston to be the guy. And it proved it he work. cannot be the guy. And then he went to Brooklyn, and he's supposed to be the guy. Even if he has Kevin Durant, it's supposed to be Kyrie's team. And no. Kyrie's going no, to prove no, no. for that's the rest not- nah. of the KD,
1: <laughs> KD is number that's, one that's on that team, hands down. Right. When he's healthy, KD is the best player in the league
3: still going to be Kyrie's team. No, now. it's not. That's no, the way he not. carries himself. Yes, he's supposed to. That play. may be his mentality, but I
1: don't think that's the, the way the team, team well, is to well, I'm saying
3: that's detrimental that to it's going to be detrimental and and they're not going to win anything no matter what. I the whole think they of could the win story strictly because of KD. KD
0: is an unbelievable basketball talent and I think people forget about it because they haven't seen him in a year and he's only played for the Warriors. Like speaking of KD, I hate that people are like, "Oh, he went to the he went to the Warriors and that ruins his legacy. These rings don't count." Uh, he was playing better than Steph Curry. He was playing better than Klay Thompson. He was playing better than anybody on the Warriors team. Would they want him without him? Maybe, probably. But uh, obviously, KD's going to help. He won back-to-back Finals MVPs or whatever it was for a reason.
3: I mean, he just did what LeBron did. He went to my like LeBron went to Miami. Go to win those rings. yeah, and he doesn't care case. what
0: anybody says.
3: Yeah. I love Kevin Durant. I mean, he's still a snake for doing that. Because it, yeah. it, only be, because Boston was in the middle of it, and we had the chance to get Kevin Durant here. <laughs> so and get, people's feelings got hurt, and now he's a snake. My feeling is hurt, and I'm gonna make sure it's let it know now. Yeah, <laughs> this is my thing with the Warriors. They had to pull Tom Brady out and to, to try to get Kevin <laughs> uh, Durant. Yeah, Durant and, you, you mean
0: bringing Kelly O'Linick to the Hamptons didn't work? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, but with Kevin, uh, the Warriors, the Warriors did this perfect, and I don't get why people always hated the Warriors. Like you draft the whole team is you draft you put the, your team through the draft. You get Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. Perfect. That's like us getting Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Wow. We get two young talents that we want to build with. You have the cap space <laughs> to get one of the best players in the entire league. And you do. And you pay him. The, not, he didn't even get overpaid. He didn't get underpaid. He got paid market value. So when you have these three people that are on rookie contracts that you're going to get extended no matter what, and you can get the best player in the league to add to your 73-win team. Obviously, you're gonna do that. Well, no, I don't think anybody's hating on the Warriors specifically. I think that obviously the GM there did an
4: unbelievable job. Drafting those three generational players is an unbelievable feat for any 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 really GM in any sport. But we look at it, Kevin Durant is a snake. No matter how you want to slice and dice it, Kevin Durant's a snake. If you went to Boston, he would have received a fraction of the hate he got online. A fraction. Because, first of all, that's a lovable team. IT is still on the team at the time. Obviously, him and Kevin Durant together, that's a power duo. That's amazing. That's unbelievable. And you obviously add other guys like that, like Gordon Hayward, the next offseason, and maybe that doesn't happen if Kevin Durant signs with us. But at the same time, it's like the Celtics, lovable team with Kevin Durant. He goes to the Warriors, who are already 73 wins. Of course you're going to get hate for.
0: He's a bandwagon. That's do just you, how it works. Do you want to, do you want to I hear what I was thinking about this the other day? People will just hate on Kevin Durant and the Warriors' decision instead of just like looking back on it and be like, that was probably the single best basketball team like we will ever see. Like I loved watching Warriors games. I loved when the Celtics were playing because if you're just a basketball fan, if you like the NBA, if you like basketball, if you like Steph Curry coming to rant, and you can't appreciate that the fact that they're throwing basically an Olympic team out there to face the other best basketball players in the world, And they're just substantially better at the same game. I think that was cool to watch. I think it was fun to watch, and I don't think people appreciate it during the time.
3: But here's the problem you can only appreciate it for two weeks out of the entire year because at that time, you always knew it was LeBron James Cavs or LeBron James himself and against the Warriors. So the whole NBA season really didn't matter. And for the casual fans out there, shut up. For the casual fans out there, Yes, that's awesome to see it. It was awesome to watch those finals, but you just knew what the outcome was going to be. There's no fun to it. And that's okay, but it you, knew, you knew it was
0: going to be Spurs heat. You knew it was going to be uh, Lakers Celtics every single year. You knew it was going to be uh, like, you know, the teams are like, every team has a run. It wasn't like it was the Warriors 10 years in a row. They had a five-year window. The Spurs made it a bunch of years in a row. Pistons made it a bunch of years. But this is Celtics different. Of years, this is different. Like even what? like you said, I'll use your own words against you. They put an Olympic team out there. Of course, yeah. they're gonna get it every year. And okay, the, who is better than the Cavs on the the East? No one. No Who's
4: one? better than the time. Warriors? Nobody.
0: So why is it a bad thing that because the finals the you have substantially the two better best? Better than the Cavs were. That's why.
4: This okay, is
1: lost. this is why Kawhi saved the NBA. Kawhi saved the NBA when he went to the Clippers instead of the Lakers. Because yeah, if, he the Lakers, he w- if he went to the Lakers, then it would. If he went to the Lakers, oh my god, dude, it would have been. Lakers-Bucks, same thing as Cavs-Warriors. It just would have been two different teams. I don't
0: even know teams. if the Bucks are even going to make the finals. Well, okay, that's, that's
1: a that's a fair point. But the East is – the Bucks are certainly at the top of the East right now. And the Lakers would have dominated the Western Conference. And so by going to the Clippers, you've got like – you've got like six or seven duos out in the league rather than two big threes. Yeah. They're just going to dominate everybody. And, and it makes it make more so much more marketable. Yeah, Is exactly. Is thing that the two
0: best teams would always face each other in the finals though? Like if that's, I goal, think so.
1: Like- I think so because I, it ruins the regular season for me. I don't okay. want to watch anything.
3: Only (laughs) only ruins it because the way the Warriors did it and it's because of the addition of Kevin Durant it's kind of doesn't feel right. I will agree man they 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 drafted that team and Mm -hmm. that team was there but it also (laughs) but it also sucks at the same time because the NBA was kind of on a down there's just like no other good teams out there and it just feels like they were figuring things out over the last couple years. It's the it's the right place for them but it was the wrong time and I just think that no one's going to appreciate that little error. As a basketball fan absolutely it's the like I look at baseball. If you love baseball, you love the pitching era. But mm-hmm. most fans don't like it. They want to see home runs, man. They want to see the steroids. They want to see all that other stuff. So I, I hear you out, Tyler. But again, when you look at it 25, 30 years back, no one's going to appreciate it still. I think they should, is my
2: whole I'll thing.
4: appreciate
0: it.
3: <laughs> I think when. They're so
0: great. The, all right. Do you think his number should have got retired, though? I think that's dumb. Ew. His 35. Uh, Katie's number's getting retired. No
4: way. Better. No okay, way. Break. Give me a brick. No,
0: yeah, absolutely not. You won seventy three and nine before the dude got here. No, no, for three he, years, uh, no way. He, it was getting. They announced it the last off season when he like probably a week after he signed with the Nets. Hold on, same, hold
4: on, a Babs, I gotta ask you a question. Kevin Durant Durant.
0: All right. <laughs>
4: Kevin Durant getting retired in Golden State or KG getting retired in Boston? Yeah, oh, pick won one. Two rings.
3: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I'd have to pick KG in that situation. I, I, I don't think that Kevin Durant should. Have his number? I mean, I again, I don't think KG should have his number retired. But if you have to put a gun against my head, I'd have to pick KG. Do you think? That'd be like if
1: Kawhi's number got retired in Toronto, like it, it just it, yeah, he gave him a ring, but so what? Like yeah. he was there for like what one two years? Got, there's there's no way. There's no way. There's no Do you way. Guys she want to retired.
0: talk about that Bleacher Report list the, the ranking the top ten? I don't know if you want to get too deep into it. Did you see like they ranked the top ten? first overall picks or whatever.
1: Yeah. We'll- oh, that was garbage. Oh, my gosh. All right, the list I mean, is – it
0: goes from since 2000, number one, LeBron, number two, AD, number three, Kyrie, number four, Blake Griffin, number five, Dwight Howard, number six, Yao Ming, number seven, Cat, eight, D. Rose, nine, John Wall, ten, Ben Simmons. <coughs> Stinks. But, yeah, that's my whole take on it. I don't know if you want to dive too deep into it. Anyways, Can I watch Jamal Adams now? Yeah, let's do <laughs> this interview real quick, and then we'll uh, – cut over to jamal adams So, yeah Graham, if you want to preview the interview tell people what they're looking for uh, so
1: yeah so um for those of you that don't know doc emrick is the number one guy for nhl and nbc he does all the stanley cup finals games he does the the big wednesday night hockey games um he's a pretty big name probably the best broadcaster in sports in my opinion but um i've asked him about how his job has changed what he's looking for when the restart happens um and he had some pretty interesting things that he'd been doing uh, since the pause happened. And uh, he definitely mentioned that, um, you know, a couple of teams got screwed over by the way the restart is setting up. He uh, said why he thinks uh, Carolina and Tampa Bay, the two teams that voted against it, he think he said uh, why he thinks that they voted against it. And, and um, he mentioned one series that he hopes that he gets chosen to cover over the rest of them in the, uh, the first round of 16. So um, it was a pretty good call. So. Take a listen. All right. Um, do you mind if we go ahead and jump right in? Sure. All
5: good. All right. Um, You're in Winston-Salem, home of the Thunderbirds.
1: They just I keep... Actually, win- <laughs> it's funny you mention that. I actually work for the Carolina Thunderbirds. I do am, you? I, I do. The, I am the a,
5: champs. So there, there's talk here in Port of Huron that this might have been the year they could have caught you, but it's always, it's always easy to say that when... Um, um, it's always easy to say that when the season is over and you don't have the chance. Oh yeah. (laughs) They were, they were second in the league when everything got stopped, but they were, uh, they were about to have, I believe, a three game series with the Thunderbirds the very week that everything got shut down. So anyhow, uh, the Thunderbirds were so dominant again this year that, uh, it, it probably was wishful thinking that they could have competed on the same level with them, but they had hope anyway. And
1: They didn't even have that, but it, it's funny. You mentioned that first of all um, to any of my people in Danbury listening to this podcast, when it releases, the tricks wouldn't have had a prayer, um, <laughs> especially with Christian Pavlos coming back from, uh, from Europe. So that's, yeah. that's a moot point. But, we, have a, um, we
5: have a coach here named Joe Page who is, uh, who is a, uh, a character beyond belief and very colorful and always oh, yeah.
1: defendable.
5: <laughs> so, Joe, Joe, is usually, Joe needs a good assistant coach because a lot of times he doesn't either finish games or he doesn't start games because of suspensions, <laughs> but he's not dull, that's for sure. Anyhow, uh, uh, we should probably be about this, Graham, so I'm ready to go when you are.
1: All right, that sounds great. Um, First question, uh, how has work changed for you since uh, the NHL shutdown happened a couple months back?
5: Well, Graham, I arrived home on the 12th of uh, March from a game between San Jose and Chicago. and um, I remember watching that
1: game, actually.
5: Do you?
2: Uh, Yes.
5: One of the things I recall from that was that um, we had new uh, guidelines put in that very day in Chicago about uh, where Brian Boucher could and could not go for interviews. And the coach's interview was was out because he could not go into the bench area. Uh, Because of the uh, structure of the area between the benches in Chicago, he was allowed to work there because he didn't have to go into the benches to get to his workplace. Had it been in Detroit where the inside-the-glass position is actually behind the gate at the Red Wings bench, he would not have been able to work that day. Um, interviews that day under the new guidelines were to be done with a six-foot uh, distance and with a boom microphone in the hallway rather than at the bench area. So there were many restrictions put in place that day. We knew that there would be you know, a lot that we would have to adjust to But um, until the next day, we didn't realize how great those adjustments would be. And I also realized, too, Graham, that um, how often I shook hands with people during the course of a normal workday, because that day it was only twice, and in both cases it was with some longtime veteran players rather than with others. And in each case, uh, hand sanitizer was brought out. I had probably the normal day, I would have shaken hands with 50 people, including colleagues and, and people in our truck and everything else. So a lot was changing. But anyway, after that, um, we got back home. We were on the pause, and uh, I had been working the last year and a half with Kevin Allen, who for 34 years covered the NHL for USA Today on a book, and our deadline was the 31st of March. So there was a lot to do to finish by deadline, Uh, on the book, which will be coming out this fall. And so that occupied quite a bit of time. Then uh, I've done 10 features uh, for NBC, either in their Twitter account or for over the air, uh, on the games that they've been broadcasting, not because they asked me to, but just because it was something that I wanted to do, and they said, sure, go ahead. So uh, I've been occupying my time with that. And since the announcement um, a week ago of the 24-team tournament, uh, I've decided I'm going to pile into some rosters and do some preparation in the event that we do, in fact, have the tournament. And there's no assurance of that, of course. So yeah, uh, I'll at least devote myself to that because I could be assigned to any two of those 24 teams for my first game, and I want to be ready. Right, and that's
1: something that as I've done work in the broadcasting field, I know that, you know, if you there's no such thing as starting prep too early. Like you No. Know, especially when you have that many teams that you could possibly be covering, you, you definitely got to be on top of it. A lot of people don't know how difficult it truly is to know your stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, I think that's probably the
5: one thing that all of us uh, – And I realized that the first year of my 47 years when I was in the IHL, we had nine teams in the league. And the first trip in to each city was exciting, but it was also challenging because you had a whole set of numbers to learn. And once you learned them once, it was like going to a movie the second time. Okay, so you've seen these characters before. And at our level of uh, being a double A league, uh, those numbers weren't gonna change too much. They were gonna change from mm-hmm. game to game a little but not too much. And so once you got them while well, you had them, and they would only change from season to season but not game to game.
1: Right. And that's it's you don't have the the in and out um with rosters in the NHL like you do at the lower levels as you mentioned, but you know, you mentioned the 2014 playoff format. What do you think about that proposed solution? and do you think that it gives any teams an unfair advantage or disadvantage? I know a lot of people in the Boston area are upset, and a lot of people in the Raleigh area are upset. Um, well, what, sure.
5: And what we were going to uh, what we were going to see uh, on the 13th of March, by the end of that week, was anything that came back was not going to be fair to somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we knew that. Um, so who was who was going to get gypped? And probably, uh, as you look at all the smoke, clear, sure, Carolina lost all four games to the Rangers during the course of the season. So the idea of playing the Rangers in this play-in format is not appealing to them. So they voted against it. Tampa Bay thought they should have had a better deal, as one of the power teams in the league, than having to to play a what to them seemed like a meaningless uh, round robin, right. um, uh, so they voted against it. So I understand this, and probably the team that could play that could complain the loudest was Buffalo, because Buffalo is going to miss for the ninth straight year. Yet the game that they would have played on the twelfth of March the day of the pause was against Montreal, and had they won that in regulation, they would have had a higher percentage than the Canadians, and so they would have been the 24th team in this, and Montreal would have not. Uh, That was a little nugget that was determined by our research department at NBC, which during this entire time, I'll credit these people who are nameless, of course, only (laughs) to us they have a name, but they work hard, and they determined that that would have been the difference between Buffalo getting into this 24 team tournament and Montreal is if they played that game on the day of the pause and Buffalo would have won in regulation. Their percentage of points would have been higher than Montreal's. And so wow. they would have been the team uh, that would have gotten in. And so Buffalo and Pittsburgh would be playing in this play in instead of Montreal and Pittsburgh. So anyway, all of these wow. things are, are the things that you take into account as you look at this, but, it was not going to be fair to somebody, and yeah. you knew that going in. And so, uh, unless you made it a thirty-one team tournament, there were, and and then you know, then of course the teams that battled through the regular season and played all those games are saying, "What we we played this whole season for nothing?" Exactly. And everybody gets in, so there was yeah. there was going to be complaining regardless.
1: Yeah, I think that they did the right thing with including 24 teams, because, you know, you're me personally, I think that the uh, round Robin is a good way for the teams to keep their legs fresh and ready for when um, the round of 16 would come. And I think that they're doing the right thing by including teams that weren't in playoff position when the season ended, like those teams all the way from uh, at Columbus wouldn't have made the playoffs if they had ended right away. I don't, I don't think.
5: Well, I think the thing too, Graham, that is very easy for those of us who don't sweat a lot
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, to
5: realize is that unlike basketball and football and baseball, where you are able to maintain some conditioning uh, in dry land or by using a treadmill, the muscles that are used for skating are far different than those for running and they are going to go at least at the least four and a half months between games these Mm -hmm. guys never do that uh they never go four months uh, a minimum from their last game to training camp without going on the ice for example in a normal year if a guy is on a team that misses the playoffs he's done playing in the first week of april the chances of him getting to the first week in May and not going on the ice or doing something that has him in skates the first week of May, pretty slim. He'll take some right. time off. He'll go on a vacation, but he won't He won't avoid the ice for that long. They're going to have gone, many of these guys, have been off the ice for this entire time since the 12th of March. Some yeah. have been fortunate. Cam Atkinson has a rink in Columbus, and I'm sure some of he, him and his buddies have sneaked onto it now and then. The guys in Sweden have been able to gain access to ice, but not everybody has. And so they're going to have to start from zero and work their way up, which is why the length of training camps has been set uh, in the, in the minds of people at three weeks. It may not need to be that long, uh, but it's going to take some time to get those muscles strengthened again so that they're able to be at playoff or play in readiness because that is an intensity, as you know, being with the Thunderbirds, that is an intensity that is a lot different than the regular season. And they're going to be starting
1: from zero and going right to 100 at the first game. Right, and playoff hockey is undoubtedly the the best atmosphere in sports. Yeah, and I think
5: we're going to have to be understanding, aren't we, that right, not every no fans. Yeah, not everybody's going to be at full tilt right away. I think yeah. we're going to have to be somewhat understanding of what we're going to see, even though we're going to expect that we're going to see players. The good thing is that almost everybody that we're going to see is going to be at full health for game right. one because Especially they will have had that Hamilton. time.
1: Yeah. So um, that much we're going to see. Yeah. Um, so what do you think that other leagues like the NBA who also had to pause and potentially the NFL and MLB, they're in completely different situations because their seasons had not started yet. But what do you think that they can learn from the way the NHL and Gary Benton have handled?
5: Uh, I have no shutdown? idea. Graham, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to comment, but I, I am not an authority on any of those sports. Um, the only thing that I can comment on is, is the, is the musu- muscular necessity that is different between those three. And, uh, and what is needed to uh, propel yourself across the playing surface in our sport compared to theirs, but in, in how those sports are organized and what they're planning to do, I really don't feel equipped to comment.
1: That's completely fine. Thank you. Um, so, one last question I have for you is if you are, um, you know, part of the resume when these. Uh twenty fourteen start back up is there a particular matchup in the first round that you are you know secretly hoping that you get assigned to so that you can um, see some of these players play uh, chicago edmonton is is
5: strikes me as going is going to be a lot of fun if everybody uh, i guess you have to qualify this if everybody is at full tilt in terms of conditioning and speed and all of that. I mean, Patrick Kane has never been in a playoff series against Connor McDavid before. That will be fun for me. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl is the only player that in the shortened season had 100 points. McDavid was something with his number 97. And Kane is dangerous. And if yeah. you put the goaltending of Corey Crawford against Mike Smith, and Mike Smith has been pretty good but Corey Crawford is the guy now and has won before. And if you throw those things against an arrested Duncan Keith and you have uh, man for man, a stronger defense, I think, and a, a very defensive coach and Dave Tippett and Edmonton, all of those things strike me as really interesting. And so if, uh, and, and of course, these are all neutral site games, unless, Edmonton or Chicago is picked as one of the two sites because both of those cities are among the 10 that are finalists for one of the two sites. And then you would have to think that they would probably not put those two teams in the same place. But then again, this is all this is all happenstance. We don't know whether that would be the case. Whether, whether since there are fans involved, whether the ice rink in Edmonton would be where they would have Chicago play the Oilers, or whether they would have them play in Chicago, or whether they would send them somewhere else. I don't know because this is all. This is all so. I mean, right now the only thing we have in place is Phase Two, right? And it's And and it's it's not really been, it's not really been agreed to yet. Other than the conditions of phase two, phase three and four is being negotiated. Phase two means you shower at home. The rink towels are single use. Then you throw them away. Uh, you have to keep six feet away from everybody else. If you're not exercising, you use a mask. And they haven't even brought everybody in or, or it's voluntary for phase two, let alone the training camp. So it seems like we're a long way away, doesn't it?
1: But it, it really does.
5: It just, uh, there, there seemed to be a lot of hills to climb, but, uh, the, the number one thing of course is health. And the number two thing in the minds of the players are their families. And so one is linked to the other. And so we have no answers, but in my growing up years, whenever we played sandlot baseball, we would toss a bat in the air, um, you may have heard your grandparents talk about this. We'd toss a bat in the air and we would uh and and the two uh captains of teams would work their hands up the bat to the top, and whoever had their hand up at the very top won and He would right. get to choose first well that's what we've done is we've basically gotten our hands up the bat to decide on what the rules are going to be and and in essence, who gets to do, you know, We've determined the rules. The trouble is it's raining cats and dogs, so we aren't going to play. But we've determined what the rules are going to be, and that's the 24-team tournament with 12 uh, each in, in the conference playing, and they'll be in two cities. But in terms of the details of how it's going to work, we can't determine that. The virus is going to determine whether we do
1: it or not. Right. And the, the only thing that we can do now is hope. And... Um, that's you know, it. Yeah, safety is the number one thing and one quick thing for me, it really shocked me to see that Winnipeg was not listed as one of the potential hub cities simply because that they have been hit surprisingly little compared to some of the other cities that were mentioned. Um I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but
5: No, I don't. Um they were trying to consider a number of things. Um uh, testing ability, government regulations and, and perhaps the strictness of the regulations in Canada was part of what entered into it. I don't know.
2: I have I, no I idea what either.
5: what led to their their decision on that. There were um there were uh three cities, right, in Canada, Edmonton, Vancouver and, and Toronto Montreal. that were considered. Uh, yeah, Toronto. Sorry. Yeah. You know, Edmonton, um, Vancouver and Toronto were the three Canadian cities that were considered. And there still is that fourteen day quarantine that's mandatory in Canada um, as affirmed by the Prime minister on the twenty fourth of May so that is still one of those things that is operative um, uh, athletes on nearly every sport were declared as essential um by the u s government some time ago, so it's not a it's not difficult coming and going into this country as it had been earlier but canada still uh last i knew was under the restriction of a 14-day quarantine so that makes it a little more difficult but not impossible there so it's one of the other the other things that still has to take place and you know the phase three and four protocols are still being negotiated um uh, you you consider the m Im- immuno players like Max Domi has type 1 diabetes. Um, Chris Letang has had a stroke in his life. I mean, you're dealing with 600 players who are unionized, but there are also some individual conditions that have to be considered too. Um, How long from the end of this year's playoff, if there is one, must you wait before you start the 2021 season? Uh, How specific are the safety protocols going to be? Do you just go back and forth between the hotel and the rink for practice and games? Or... Uh, Is there some freedom allowed outside of that, and if so, what? Uh, Will you be allowed to sign players and use them in the tournament now that we're into the summertime? Uh, That would be interesting. There's a lot to do, but it doesn't mean that it can't be done. It just means that there's a lot to do. But the main thing is that we are, unlike in the three lockouts that I have lived through, where you would have reasonable men sitting on either side of a table discussing these things, and then they would hold a press conference after. The only press conferences held are like these to uh, unveil what the rules are should we be able to play. And that will be up to medical advice, and the medical advice, cannot be put into um a calendar it's a it's a floating calendar and it could push back and
1: push back and push back we just don't know
5: so there we are
1: (laughs) yeah as you said there we are and i mr emberg i really appreciate you coming on with me today and um i gotta say you've been a great interview and uh hopefully sometime down the road once things get back to normal we can reconnect and i'd love to have you on again someday
5: Okay, Graham, thank you. Um, Go Thunderbirds, and I
1: will say from this end, go Prowlers. All right. Uh, Not a huge Joe Pace fan myself, but (laughs) (laughs) they've got a (laughs) a pretty good offense of their own right. Okay. (laughs) I'll talk to you with thank you. Okay, bye.
5: All
0: right, that was Doc Emmerich. Uh, thanks for hopping on the show. Whether he knew he was coming on or not, I'm not sure if we introduced him Big Three. <laughs> he did. <again>. He did. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, so, yeah, talk Emrick. Uh, Yeah, thanks for hopping on. Like we said, Jamal Adams wants out of the New York Jets organization, and I can't blame him because he plays for the New York Jets.
4: I was about to say, shocker. Like, are we really that surprised <laughs> now that Jamal Adams or really any star, any respectable player on the Jets wants to leave? This is the most dysfunctional organization in football. Yeah, more than Cleveland. I will say that right now, more than Cleveland. Because they've been doing it a lot longer than Cleveland has. Because Cleveland was an expansion team after the original team went to Baltimore.
1: I will I will contest that. Three. I will contest that. I think the Lions are worse than the Jets.
0: Yeah, when's the last time – Oh. When was the last time? The, it was like some crazy stat, like fifteen thousand days or something like that, since the Lions played in a playoff game or something.
1: Well, they like made they up. made one in like oh and nine. The, 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 well, they made one in oh nine. Oh, I remember the they had a wild card like game against the. Oh, no, they, they made it against the Seahawks a couple of years, or the Cowboys a couple yeah, years then back. It was one a playoff. It's been forever. Yeah. A one well, playoff the, game, yeah, it's been forever. Not
4: forget, the Lions should have been in the playoffs this year, if not for Matthew Stafford getting injured. They were dominating early part of the year. And if not for a couple of bad calls, our old friend Trey Flowers uh, on the offensive line, which was absolutely atrocious. Back to Jamal Adams. This is probably the best overall safety in the league. I have no problem saying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, young,
0: accomplished
4: all-pro team at 24, I believe, 22. Two-time all-pro. <laughs> Two-time all-pro in <laughs> yeah. New York. First of all, he has no help at all. No help at offense, defense, special teams, nothing. Coaching? Absolutely not. Adam Gase is a bum. fide scrub. So when you look at Jamal Adams, he has his, his uh, preferred destinations out there. It's eight of the most obvious teams you think of. <laughs> the good like, ones. The good ones. <laughs> Seattle, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Dallas at the top of the list, even Houston. And you look at it, and I always come back to Kansas City when I look at that list. Do I think it's likely? No. But – Imagine if Jamal Adams goes to Kansas City and teams up with Tyron Matthew. First of all, best safety tandem maybe in the past 10 years. Yes, probably up there with uh, Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor. That's a dominant duo. And then you look at the team overall, we obviously have Mahomes and Tyree Keel and Travis Kelsey. Uh, That could be probably one of the best teams of all time. I really don't know. How many first-round
0: picks you made for – if you were the Chiefs, how many first-round picks you've given up for – Jamal Adams, because he has two years left in his contract. Okay,
1: so so we we talked about this last Friday on the new guys. You have to give him at least you have to give up at least two first rounders because first of all, Jamal Adams is already like solidified as the best safety in the league, and you know the baseline for the Jalen Ramsey deal is what you got to go off of because Jalen Ramsey the the Rams gave up the farm for the Jags like they gave so much to Jacksonville for Jalen Ramsey, and you have to get at least that back. If you're Jamal Adams in the Jets, okay. you have to get at least that. Here's
4: a problem I have with that. Look at what the Rams are now.
1: That's that's true.
4: They're that's in shit's Creek. The Rams are in shit's Creek. And the Jets, although they've been living in Shits Creek for the past 20 years, they cannot make that deal. If I'm in the Jets GM spot, I'm offering no more than one first round pick, specifically because of that Jalen Ramsey trade. You end up signing no, a no, no. Of bad contracts, and then you end up uh, having to sign Jamal Arms to an almost max deal, even though there's not something that's his max deal in football. Um, the Jets would get two
3: first-round picks is what he's trying to say. Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
1: The Jets need those picks. So the Rams screwed it up because they gave up those picks that they're going to need, and they're going mean, to regret giving up yeah, later. No, I,
4: hold on a second. I messed up. I met the Chiefs. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The
1: Chiefs can't do that. The Chiefs can't do that. Because yeah, when when Mahomes asked for the farm, when the when Mahomes asked for everything from the Chiefs, it, it, it's yeah, gonna be over. Feel, like I that window so like so okay, is so small. Okay, but this is my what? thing. With that. <laughs> this
0: is my thing. Are you gonna draft someone that's better than Jalen Ramsey right now?
1: No. That's the thing. That's the thing. Because Jalen Ramsey is like all like if you draft him at number five next season, it's like saying that you're using your first round pick on Jamal exactly. Adams, which Man. is so. i do that hands down.
0: And how how long is your Mahomes window? Six, seven, eight years? Exactly. Not even that. It, the window is until he signs his max deal. That's the window you
4: have because you've seen it time and time again. As soon as his quarterback signs this big contract, that eats 35% of your salary cap, you can't put a team around him. Look at Carson Wentz and the Eagles.
2: Matthew did we Did we talk about this on one of our shows?
0: Did we talk about this yet? Uh, I can't remember if I was talking on this show or, like, with my friends. Who you can – like – who are your top 3 salaries like like the top 3 positions you're given to your like football team. Yeah, what positions are about about there? We yeah, about about yeah we're like lineman, D-line. I, I, yeah. I
4: went quarterback, left tackle and uh middle linebacker. Those are my top 3.
0: I think a safety in this league is more valuable than a middle linebacker. At least right uh, now so because well, everyone's just chucking and running. You want to have like a like a middle linebacker obviously important position, but I think the running game's kind of going away and the passing game in the QB scramble games Moving up, right? So I would agree with athlete position would be better.
4: I would agree with you, but at the same time, look at a guy like Isaiah Simmons. He was drafted as a linebacker, but he started at five positions last year.
0: Yeah,
4: so that position is so valuable because these guys coming out of school now aren't just middle linebackers; they're really safeties playing in linebacker bodies.
1: Yeah, and as we, you know, we mentioned Isaiah Simmons talking about Jamal Adams. We said on our new guys podcast that the Cardinals, if they could get Jamal Adams, that would revolutionize that defense because they're only a couple pieces away. I mean, they've still got Patrick Peterson, but their secondary is really what's holding them back. Like the Cardinals, they've got – they've obviously got DeAndre Hopkins. they got Kenny Drake. they got Kyler Murray. Larry Fitzgerald. Their wide receiver core is so deep. They've got Isaiah Simmons, Chandler Jones. Like all they're missing is a solid secondary from keeping them from advancing in the NSC. And if they can get Jamal Adams, that's the first piece that they need to take that next step.
3: My my whole take about the Jamal Adams thing is all smokescreen – Uh, It has no weight in my mind to it. He is just trying to get an extension now. It's harder for players to hold out. Um, And especially right now with the COVID situation, is there even going to be a 2020 season? I think he wants more financial security for the long term. And I don't think he wants to leave New York. And if you are New York, And like you're trying to say is New York should be getting two first round picks. I don't think any team's going to do that, but even if a team does go out there, don't care what the team is and said, Hey, this is what we'll give you for Jamal Adams. Do the New York jets want to take those picks, go into a draft where there might not even be college football and you have to develop these players when you have to try to be in the right now in the now of Sam Darnold and you have a Le'Veon Bell and you're trying to put a team out there to succeed because those players in your future By the time they develop, your team could already crumble around it. And no, I
4: agree agree with you. But at the same time, uh, you might not have a choice. Like, look at going back to Jalen Arms, I keep comparing him to that. Like, he told the uh, Jaguars in secret, like, I'm done playing for you guys. Like, if you can train me if you mm-hmm. want, I'll just sit out. And I'll set up the rest of my contract. And Jamal Adams is in the perfect spot to do that. You already mentioned the coronavirus pandemic. If there's no season or even there is a season, he'll say, you know what? I don't really feel comfortable putting my body in the line during this pandemic just to get contract or just to get traded. Like, he's in the perfect spot. And the Jets have no leverage right well, now. Well, I, I think that. Jalen uh, they, Ramsey
3: wait a minute Jalen Ramsey is is a, is a diva he's a prima donna in the way he carries yeah. himself and that goes totally against Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin and they wanted him out of there for a long time and I was told that when I went down there a couple of years ago Mike Perkins told me this and said they're not going to get rid of him because he's the best player on the team you can't just go and do that but if they could they easily would want to get rid of him there's been multiple times that Jalen Ramsey I think he did something in GQ and spoke up and said, said something against the Jaguars, they just want to fire him on the spot so many different times. And it finally was the time that they got fed up. Whereas Jamal Adams, I don't think it's gotten to that point that it's like a Jalen Ramsey where they're like, all right, we will, we will part ways. I just think that he's just, I want a contract extension, make this work out. And it's starting to get out there now. All the rumors start flowing out there, similar to Joe Tooney right now, where all those rumors are out there now, like how quick it goes, where the Eagles might pick him up. And then I got Courtney Fallon chirping in my ear yesterday saying, I talk to his agent all the time. He's signing long-term because the Pats have so much cap space. The following season, he knows he's going to get some of that money. He's going to stick it out, and then they're going to keep him long-term. So it's just funny how that's what happens in football, the rumors
0: Well, my thing is with this – how much is jamal adams making right now is he making a contract he's making okay so realistically the jets could sit on this and say you don't want to play whatever we'll pay you like you'll leave when your contract's done or if he wants to stay in new york which it seems like he did during the season uh i'm gonna totally steal tyler i am his take he wanted to be a leader for the new york jets he said it in multiple interviews multiple quotes whether he's the guy who wants like he said people aren't trading tom brady they're not trading Patrick Mahomes, why can't why are you trading me? Whether that's true or not, whether you're as good as the Brady's, Mahomes, the elite players in the league, the New York Jets have a guy that wants to be their guy for the first time, maybe ever, and you're gonna want to <laughs> immediately kick him to the curb uh, with this. If you're not paying him a crazy amount of money, you can sit on this. And why can't you franchise tag him? If you, he says he wants financial stability, you could
4: franchise well, so, tag him. He could be back. Essentially, what we have a situation that would kind of transpires similarly is Dak Prescott. I mean, he sat on that tag. Yeah. For months and months and months, he finally signed it, I think, yesterday mm-hmm. for $31 million. And he's not even sure he's going to re-sign now. Like, there's been rumors going out that he doesn't want to re-sign with that's, Dallas. That's a message because-
0: in, in its own right
4: Exactly, Exactly. But the point I'm trying to make is that Jamal Adams has all the leverage right now. No matter how you want to yep. slice and dice it, like, he has the leverage.
3: And another thing, too, with Jamal Adams by doing this, who's my who's got my loyalty? Who's got my back in the fan base? And him going out there and kind of saying, like, you know what? Like, sign me to a long term. And if the fans start speaking up and saying... Yeah, you know what? You should keep him here. We need him here. It gives him more leverage to say, Hey, I do want to stay. Like, let's let's make this way. Yeah, like, it's well, like, a business. Was, it goes. It's like,
1: ways. It, it's like the girl that goes on her Snapchat story with a black screen and says, Nobody talk to me. I'm going off a of Snapchat for a while just to see who talks back to her and says that they want her to like and says that they want her to stay. That's what it is. It's Jamal Adams fishing for the fans to say, you know, we want you here so much, please God give him a long-term deal that's exactly what it is
0: here's here's my next question so for the first time in what 20 years the Patriots division games mean a whole lot more than they ever did this happened in the AFC East works out for the Pats um kind of transitioning who's the biggest threat I guess in the AFC East is it Miami Dolphins with Flores is it the Buffalo Bills with a good defense and Josh Allen who looks like he's going to be a, a, a more than capable more than mediocre QB this year uh looks like it's not gonna be the Jets, but I don't know, Patriots divisions games meet a whole lot more than they used to now, so I'm kind of excited that we kinda kinda have to get up for a, for a Sunday one o'clock game against the Bills instead of being like just facing the Bills this week or something like that.
4: Right. Well I, I think Babs was kinda of nodding already. I'm agreeing with him. Buffalo is the best team in this division, I think, by far. Mm-hmm. I mean you've kind of cheated. even over us. Even, yeah, even over us, a guy like McDermott who came in just a couple of years ago and changed the entire culture around. I mean, they went from a losing culture to a winning culture. No matter how you want to slice and dice it, if not for Deshaun Watson's miracle run in that game,
1: that playoff and game, and J.J. Was- sack.
4: And JJ Watt's like, he they would have been a, a player in the playoffs this year. Like they would have been a big, big player and in the they playoffs. They
3: went, they went to the playoffs two out of the last three years. In yeah, the last with, three and years, not to mention with Josh, pa- Josh Allen, who is with Josh accurate. Allen
1: and Tyrod Taylor and Tyron and Ty- Taylor.
3: And the last two out of the last three years, the Patriots went to two Super Bowls and they won one of them during that time too. So it still shows that even though the Patriots run the AFC East, Buffalo was still there and they were still fighting. And now that I. St- and I don't believe that Tom Brady makes the entire Patriots team, that's a whole different story. They're still going to be there. And now they know, wow, they don't have Brady anymore. We can get them. They look like they're going to be a little bit vulnerable. And Babs, these, I knew
4: you hated Tom Brady.
3: And the, I, Yeah. These these, <laughs> these, these these bills in Patriots games over the last couple of years have a lot more meaning to them. And they feel like they have a lot more meaning to them. Uh, and the last time they did was when Lawyer Molloy was forced to go over there. And that was like the last time that it felt like over 20 years ago that had meeting. Now, these Buffalo Bills games and Patriots games, they have a ton of meeting to them. The Miami Dolphins give them a couple years to develop themselves. Floors, you got to give him maybe three more years down there, and yeah. then maybe they can sneak into the who's, playoffs. There'll be something. So My back to Buffalo, though, before
4: there? we move on here, um, they made an unbelievable amount of moves in this offseason to really propelled them to be a little bit the AFC. <laughs> it's huge. Stephon Diggs is the number one player for Josh Allen because all Josh Allen has to do is throw it deep. He doesn't have to be accurate he has got John Brown ball. too. Same thing. Exactly. So like they had the pieces of the for anyone to bit? be successful. Yeah. Um, but Bouts, like you said, three to three to four years from Miami. I agree with that to an extent. It all depends on two Tagovailoa's development yeah. and his injury. Um, I'm a firm believer that Ryan Fitzpatrick will be the starter come Week One because yeah. he's the best September quarterback of all time. I think that's on right. It's yeah.
0: right? Yeah. He is the best I, September quarterback of all time.
4: And you know then, what Ch- I'm thinking? The other. Day. I think.
1: Oh, go ahead. Thinking go thinking, ahead, Todd.
0: I forgot Philip Rivers was on the Colts. I forgot Big Ben was even coming back. I forgot all these people who we've grown up just watching are leaving the league. It was the first, like, in my, like, lifetime, though. Oh, my God, I'm getting old. mode. Like, you see all these guys, literally, you watch uh, Brady to the Bucks. Uh Big Ben is not going to be playing all 16 games this year because he's Big Ben, and he just loves getting hurt. Phillip Rivers on the Colts. Who are the just random quarterbacks that just bounce around the league? This is the time, I think, when you see these guys, like the two of uh, whatever, how do you say his last name, um,
4: it's a cool the, the,
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say the, <laughs> the, the Josh Allen's, the Kyler Murray's, the Lamar Jackson's, the Patrick Mahomes, the new waves coming in, and you know what? Every single one of these new wave quarterbacks can do is run the football. And I think the Bills' defense—they had an unreal run defense last year. They had an unreal, just straight-up defense. I think the AFC East—they're in trouble because. what, can Stidham be a mobile quarterback? Maybe. Yes, Kenny. That's all Yeah, he can. He has a lot of mobility. A lot of mobility. Not right. not like not like Lamar
4: Jackson speed or anything. But can he run a read like Andrew offense? Luck or something? Absolutely. Yeah, he can run a read option offense. One hundred percent.
1: Okay, but I think it's interesting because you bring that up, Tyler. You talk about the mobile quarterback. We had the same – not us, but the same discussion was prevalent a couple years ago when Cam Newton, Johnny Manziel, Russell Wilson, all of those guys were coming into the league, and everybody said the same thing. The mobile quarterback has taken over. Cam Newton won one MVP. Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl, and it was just back to normal. Every, it, you know, things was come it and go. It back normal
0: if every single year – there was a mobile quarterback in the Super Bowl
1: though well that that's that's fair that's fair because Matt Ryan never he's never been like that yeah that's fair but at the same time you know it's not what it was hyped up to be at the time where the mobile quarterbacks are taking over and that's what you know that's what's going to run the league because that's what people thought at the time but you know I mean obviously
4: it's because they get hurt yeah, All the quarterbacks get hurt. Yeah. It's just the, the reality of the game. Lamar Jackson will get hurt eventually. Yeah. He's going to tear his ACL at one point in his NFL career. You can almost. Right. Well, well,
0: speaking of that, the he's on the Madden Twenty One cover, and the whole Madden <laughs> curse, the Madden whole curse is broken. It's uh, is it now. because yeah. I saw Sheftin, no Mahomes got Sheftin, hurt. Shefton tweeted, he was like, "Oh, the Madden the Madden curse is done. Mahomes Super Bowl MVP, Brady won the Super Bowl. Uh, or well, yeah, he won the Super Bowl. Brady, Brady right? won the MVP. MVP yeah, one of Super Super Bowl. Bowl. He and then he goes he goes Antonio <laughs> he goes he goes Antonio Brown uh led the league in receptions. I'm like, you can't you can't have Antonio Brown be the guy that says that he lost, he beat the man curse. cursed. <clears throat> he was probably the most cursed out of all of them. Like he's not even in the league anymore. I don't know. Do you
3: think even Madden's gonna change it at all? I'm probably gonna get it because I'm just asleep. Wait for 2K to come out. Isn't two K having an NFL like uh game all coming 2K? out eventually? Oh, oh yeah.
4: Hold on. All 2K did was add more sweat. That's yeah. all they did. Now,
3: they do
1: oh, but they're, they're bringing out the football game. The 2K bring yeah, out the football this, game NFL again. NFL
3: 2K, 2K5 was pretty good. I think like, the right, Eagles so, were on yeah. the cover. Someone so was on the cover. What I've read from the reports before,
4: um, it's not going to be a Madden-type game. It's going to be more of a freelance-type open uh, world kind of game. I don't know how to describe it. I'll still get, buy it. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably buy it too. But at the end of the day, Madden – when going to this next generation console era, I mean the Xbox uh, one S or whatever the hell it is, and the PSR are coming out at Christmas time. The trailer for those games on the next gen console just came out and it looks like it's real life. It literally looks like real life football being played on Madden, which but is you, unbelievable. Wait, is that
0: gameplay or the trailer?
4: No, it's the trailer for the next generation console with Madden in it. Uh, I don't think it's I, think the I trail don't trail think is, it's
1: gameplay.
0: Yeah, the trailer and gameplay is always perception versus reality. Like they always look like a legit. But, the only game, yeah. if we're gonna get into the uh, video game talk, the only game that I think is like held up to like what the trailer looks like is like the like COD campaigns. Those things literally look like just war movies. Do I think the Last of it? Us graphics
1: were that? ridiculous?
0: Yeah. Do you think sports games can do that? Probably not because there's so many more moving parts and you're not I don't know. It's all the same game. I mean, game what business.
1: else is spending their time on roster updates? Like <laughs> they're not, they're not doing anything big. So, I mean, why not well, put it I mean, in the graphics, I mean, you I know? Mean,
4: Madden does update their Mutt, their Ultimate Team pretty substantially. Yeah, almost so does every single year. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, if you're not a Mutt player, then you're not going to enjoy the next game unless you want a roster update. You're basically playing 60 bucks to get a roster update. Mm-hmm. Um. If they add to franchise mode more, they haven't updated franchise mode in God knows how long. If they actually added to that, it'd be a game worth, you know, you're worth your money. But as of right now, EA is in the garbage can right now. EA has not done a good job on Madden. Uh, I will defend them in Shell, though. And NHL, they've done a very good job. They overhauled the entire gameplay, uh, at least for NHL 20. So maybe we'll start to see kind of that transition for Madden as well.
0: All right. Well, let's talk about uh, college football and then wrap this
3: up. Um. Okay, Babs, you want to finish with two thoughts? Uh, No, I mean, I just – I have two different thoughts. I'll save it for the end of the show. All right, college
0: football, football. do we think it's happening or not? Uh, You see Clemson had 11 people with corona. Uh, I know Penn State, they are allowing athletes back on campus as of like two weeks ago. So far, no corona. That's been reported. There's probably been some stuff that they're shoving under the table and stuff like that. Do you think it happens? I think it does. I don't think there's fans. I think that there's going to be a lot of cases, and I don't think they cancel the season. I just think they simply exile the people who get corona.
3: (laughs) It's like a season-ending injury. Again, I think it just comes down to, you know, they can exile these players, but once it hits a top player and affects a program, uh, that's when they shut everything down. Um, Say Trevor Lawrence gets it. And he, he can't participate. Now, Trevor Lawrence is putting his uh, draft position possibly. I mean, he's the number one overall pick next year, but he could be. You never know. I, I just think that when some of these top players start getting it, they might say, you know what? I think I might just hold out and wait till next year's draft because I don't want to uh, be involved in whatever is going on. I don't want to put the risk out there. I, I don't see any sports happening for the rest of the year. Uh I can I, I see them trying to start up and get going. I just don't see it happening for a full season.
4: So for college, I agree with Tyler that it will happen and there will be no fans. Number one reason why, money. Money talks. These colleges and universities depend on this income every single year for these top universities. They need it, they want it, and it's going to happen. Yeah,
1: but how much of that income comes from ticket sales?
4: Um, not as much as you'd think, but a substantial amount.
3: But now even with TV advertisers... Rates. Yeah, but advertisers are not paying as much money anymore because they can't afford to pay it. Well, do you know who are losing money?
0: Uh, It it goes like this: like it's more quantity over like uh, quality over quantity. The the big corporation advertisers, the the huge companies that know they have the money to save, they know they can. Those are the type of people that are spending bread on advertising. These smaller like rinky dink companies or whatever you want to say, like oh the Gillette two minute halftime show or whatever it's called, like. Those are the companies that are not going to be advertising. So in terms of TV rights, and you see like, uh, like a Facebook or something like that, they sponsored the ESPN uh, Last Dance. They probably made a ton of money off that. And the fact that they're also dipping into the the whole gaming world, the whole esports world, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it, a sport or not, they, they there's so many different ways to stockpile money right now, and it's all going to end up in who's going to have the NFL TV rights. Yeah, that's my two cents. But anyways, so let's wrap this up. We're going to go around. Final thoughts. Uh, Graham, we'll start with you. Final thoughts could be literally anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, um, I'm really freaking stoked for hockey to come back. And that's that's something I've been hoping for, you know, for the last month or so. When, is Teams, it, when are they coming back? I think it's... Uh, I think it's end of July around the same time as the NBA. I'm, I've seen quite but, literally
0: nothing on that. Maybe because I don't follow a lot of... It, it faded away
1: once they released the 2014 playoff format. But the thing with that is that you know, the lightning had a reported outbreak and all that kind of stuff, but it's the same thing as the NBA. They're going to have to be okay with players testing positive positive. How they deal with that. I don't know. I just want to watch hockey again.
5: Corona
0: is just an upper body injury. They don't report
1: it <laughs> <laughs> everything in the NHL is an upper body injury. It doesn't matter what part of your body you hurt. It will go down as an upper body. injury.
4: So, uh, so we talked about Jamal Adams a lot on this show and rightfully so it's a big contract dispute. Number one thing we didn't talk about this episode Deshaun Watson. He came out. Uh, his agent really came out and said Deshaun Watson will sign no longer than a three-year contract with the Houston Texans. Do you want to know why? Because Mahomes will be signed by then, and then Watson can leave Houston and make more money than Mahomes. Mm-hmm. He can get away from Bill O'Brien, is a smart he can get man, and the best quarterback in the league, and he can get the hell out of Dodge.
0: Well, that's what happened last year with uh, in the MLB with who Harper Machado. They all yeah. knew where they were going. they were just going to see who signed first. So. Machado has the the highest contract in MLB history. Forty five minutes later, just, Bryce Harper has the highest contract in MLB history, and it's
4: just we're, we're just gonna toss it out there too, real quick. I mean, not to you know stir up any rumors or anything, but if we're looking at Vegas to to really anything, uh, we have the best odds in Deshaun Watson in Vegas, uh, for free agency. We're eight to one to get Deshaun Watson.
1: Don't want him. Stiff
4: him stiffy. I'm just saying, but like, just saying, throwing it out there. Also, Teddy Graham's slap.
3: Absolutely. I have two things. First of all, it's been fun just trolling everybody all over Instagram <laughs> in terms of the Tom Brady quote-unquote slander. Uh, if you look at the stuff I post, I'm pretty vague in the captions and what I'm posting, but everyone wants to label it as TB12 hate. Been losing a ton of followers, and it's funny to even see the people that I followed, the people that I've met over the last couple of years unfollow me because you're slandering the name of Tom Brady. Uh, to me, and I had this little rant with GRD the other day, is that I think you know you can support the individual. I completely get it. But I think a lot of these uh, Patriots fans, quote-unquote, were just Tom Brady fans. They were just Rob Gronkowski fans. They're not a fan of the team. Uh, just little things that some uh, Fitzy posted something, and then someone wrote on there a caption and said, oh, you, you got to get ready for the upcoming 4-12 and 12 seasons for the next couple years. I clicked this guy's profile. I call him a fake fan. I wrote that, and he got all mad at me. I clicked this guy's profile, and he's gone to all these Super Bowls with the Patriots. He's gone to all these games. Just think about the amount of money that you have spent over the last 10 years to watch the New England Patriots, and you have the thought in your mind because Tom Brady left They're going 4-12. and 12. And that bugs me the most because it shows that you're not a Patriots fan because Tom Brady is not the only guy on this team. Do you not know these other guys like Stephon Gilmore or Matthew Slater, other guys that have helped like Dante Hightower, other guys that have helped mold this team into what it is. And you're going against what the Patriot way is. You're feeding into not believing into them. So I just feel that it's funny for me personally to play this card because easily – weeks ago I could have been sucking Tom Brady's dick and said oh I support him down in Tampa Bay and I wish him all the luck and showed all these highlights no I'm going the opposite way the band-aid's off it's time for the new era you still have to believe in this team and it's fun rolling with this it's just fun to see everyone um, react it because it's just satire you think I actually hate Tom Brady I don't hate Tom Brady there was one time I spoke up against him and it was for the TB12 immunity enhancers and I got shelled for it and then all of a sudden a month later now all these different things are covering it now people like oh you know what i kind of agree with that i think that's wrong that he's doing that all right and and i like doing this because i go back weeks later it's like the hulu commercial super bowl i said tom brady's leaving and i got called a fake patriots fan because i didn't believe tom brady was staying and these are the same fans that are now repping bucks jerseys and they're all repping the tampa bay buccaneers i just think it's bullshit i just want to leave it on for this one is that these fans are scared to of the unknown for the New England Patriots and they're using the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a crutch because if the Bucs are good and the Pats are bad, they'll be like, well, I'll root for the Patriots in a couple years. I'm rooting for whatever is in the now. And it's going to be the complete opposite. It's because the Patriots are going to be more successful than the Bucs this upcoming year. And they're all going to become crawling back. And I have all their names written down and you can't go back. You can go delete all your comments and it'll just show that you guys were never truly Patriots fans. Number two, July should be the month where sports comes back. July is going to be, you know how they say, Black Friday. It's going to be Black July for all sports, all four major professional sports. This is the most crucial month for sports, either to get back in there to finish off the seasons or start their new season. I think it all crumbles this month. I want to start it off with this the New England Patriots, Robert Kraft, yes, the greatest owner in in sports, but Robert Kraft and the New England Patriots also do some shady things and they need to be called out from time to time. But one thing I wanna focus on is season tickets and season tickets have been extended. You were supposed to make your payment a couple months ago and they extended it. They said, our deadline, deadline is June 30th. If you do not pay for your 2020 season tickets by June 30th, you will lose your place in line. Now. Babs, what if there's no NFL season? They're going to tell you, oh, well, you can either carry it to the 2021 season or we'll pay you in a full refund. So you got all these people saying, look at Mr. Kraft. He's going to still be willing to pay you back. No, 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 no. They're a business still. If you take your full refund for the 2020 season, guess what happens to your seats? They go to the next person because you never reserved your seat for the 2021 season. That's, that's going to happen in July. It's going to be a mess because if you're a 20-year season ticket holder for the New England Patriots and that wait list is still 10 years long, there's people willing to show five, six, $7,000 for their season tickets. If you do not have that money financially because of what's been going on, plus maybe in your mind, you might think, Is there even going to be a season because another important thing that no one's talking about the AP article that dropped about the Patriots, Charlie Baker stated the Gillette stadium will not open up the Patriots games until we're in phase four. And the phase four is when there's a vaccination, there's going to be no vaccination by the fall time. There's going to be no vaccination this winter. The vaccination is not going to come out until 2021. And if it does come out, they're still going to be testing it out there. So fans I'm telling you, it's going to be a black July. A lot of this stuff is going to start coming out. Fans are going to get screwed over. It might just get blown over. No one cares. I care. I think this is something that should be talked about. This is money out there. And they don't give a fuck if you've been a 25 or 20 year member, season ticket member. And I think these leagues, like the NBA is not going to open up. I think the NHL is not going to open up. Baseball is going to screw themselves over. And then all of a sudden, NFL is left standing. They might not even be able to have training camp, and then they have to start figuring things out. And their time will come in August when they have to shut everything down.
0: Our final thought is four years ago today, the Boston Celtics drafted Jalen Brown. And if you booed Jalen Brown on draft night, I hope you get stuffed in the nearest locker. I hope you get wedged onto a flagpole. I hope you just get sent out of Boston, Massachusetts, because Jalen Brown was a fantastic draft pick, and all you clowns who booed him and said Danny Ainge was a moron, Ah, uh, kick rocks, pal. Because Jalen Brown's here to stay. I'm a Jalen stan, obviously. But four years ago today, Jalen Brown just came to Boston, Massachusetts, and made the Celtics a better team. Boston's Big Three, episode 63. See you guys soon.